The following program is brought to you by your friends at Podcast One. Don't forget to download our new Podcast One app. Podcast One presents Starving for Attention with Richard Blaze, an entertaining behind-the-scenes look at the world of food, where you'll hear from anyone and everyone from the culinary industry, including restaurateurs, TV hosts, celebrity chefs, producers of your favorite cooking shows, and many more. Now, here's your host, Richard Blaze. Hey everyone, thank you for listening to Starving for Attention. It's a podcast. I'm Richard Blaze. This is Jasmine Blaze. Hello. We're here in the, uh, the friendly confines, the walk-in in our home studio, yeah. which is just really our kitchen in our house. Yeah, it's a mess right now too. It is a disaster. We just got back from a camping trip, which seems really exotic. It was in our kids' school, um, sort of like green uh, open green space area, yeah. but near a canyon it in the like ocean. It was like easy camping. It was great. Easy camping. It was. Yeah. Yeah, One of the great. parents came in and went to Starbucks in the morning for breakfast yeah. and brought like coffee for everyone. Exactly. So like that's the level of camping it was. But we pitched a tent. Yeah. We slept on the ground. <clears throat> you pitched a tent. I pitched a tent. You, for I, the first I, time ever. You did a really good job. First Thanks. of all, you got it up really quick. I was tracking you on the Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, we, we've always had that relationship though. Have we ever talked yeah. about this on the podcast? I don't think so. The typical sort of thing where I remember this one specific moment where yeah. someone came over to like fix our busted water heater or something. Yeah. And it was like a handyman, you know, yeah. like tool belt sort of guy smelling like, yep. you know, grease, you know. Yeah. And in that jeans. moment, I was putting together kids play kitchen that we still have oh actually. is that what it was i yeah. thought you were like under the the hood of like one of our no, cars i don't think but I'm it was that like but you were you were doing something very handy and crafty and that I falls had a drill. I had a drill. you had a drill right yeah, I had a drill. you were doing something around the house that was de- definitely fall into the stereotypes of what like um husbands should be doing sure at the same time the handyman i answered the door and he was like uh where's the water heater and i was like my, 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 my wife's working on building this thing. Uh, you can find her. Oh, and by the way, I have some cabbage on the stove. I, I have, have to, to run and take care of I it. I have to go. Yeah. <laughs> and I realized in that exact moment, well, yeah, I was, was needed it. to go tend to my braised red cabbage yeah. with pears and cloves and red wine. Right. And you had a drill. Yeah. Doing it something, was, like soldering something. It was a bit, a bit reversed. And I, re- I realized you wear the pants in this hey, family. Hey, we're a modern, modern family. No, know? I love the, yeah. that, that fact. I have no problem. It's yeah. also, I think, a really, it's, it's kind of a fun story. It is a great story. Like, I mean, yeah. there are other tropes. Like, I could have just been, like, I could just be like the guy that just, like, sits I on mean, the couch and drinks beer all day and stuff true, like that. True, yeah, you're not that. But you do like to watch sports. So you still feel that. Like, Barely, though. I'd like well, to watch you more. Can, I, I, you know, it you is can. amazing that I can keep up with sports by just, like, looking at an app real quick and, you know, knowing the scores and stuff. But I feel like I, you know, it's just, you know, who's got time? Who's got time for all of that? Yeah. Uh, Speaking of sports, big sporting event just passed this oh, weekend. Oh, what was it? At the NBA playoffs. Are they still? Really? Yes. What do you mean? Oh, oh my gosh. I can't believe you. <laughs> uh, no, I was talking about the Derby, the Kentucky Derby. Kentucky Derby. Yeah. Okay. Horse racing. I don't know. Do, is that a sport it's, technically? I don't even yes, know. Yes. It's definitely a sport. Not I a, know it's a sport because when I was young, I, I, I've talked about this before on the pod. I played dice games. It was like, I was young before like even video games right. and I played a baseball dice game and they had a version of it in horse racing. That, th- that doesn't mean that it's a sport. No, I think it does. I think that automatically for me, at least it clarifies yeah. it as a sport. It's definitely a sport. Well, anyways, it's become for the a, horses. It, well, yeah, but they're an animal. No, no. We just really pissed off yeah. jockeys. And horse trainers all around the place. It is a sport for all of them. You think? It's like NASCAR, right? Like if you're in the pit crew. You think NASCAR is a sport? Oh my God. Are you kidding? 
First of all, is this something you wow. want to do on the podcast? We want it because well, you're going to get, I think, we can. you're going to get some heat sent your way. We can, but you know where my line goes. It goes all the way to baseball. So I know. <laughs> but okay, so real quick, well, what's happening here right now is Jasmine Blaze does not believe that there are certain sports that are sports. Obviously, you don't believe. You're questionable about horse racing. Questionable about horse racing. You don't think- Absolutely not NASCAR. And baseball is a pastime. <laughs> I do think that baseball is referred to as a pastime. <laughs> Makes it you're gonna we we have friends in the in, in, in MLB. I you're gonna know. you're gonna get some people upset. But I don't I don't mean that they're not athletic. That's that's different. You think you do though believe that potentially there there some some of them can be less. Athletic. You know I think I, I think it was more when I was growing up. I think there's less of the CC Sabathia style. He's, he's, he's out there baseball still. players out there. than there he's, were. Yes, you David Wells. I mean? You you, you like made the statement the, to me when like David Wells right, was still throwing. Exactly. And there were a couple of you know. That's there my were, point. Is that like I could beat them in a foot race? There are, there are a couple of bellies hanging over belts yeah. in Major League Baseball at some time. But um, yeah, so you go all the way down to baseball. So what about golf though? Because I know you're a golfer. Um, I kind of link it with baseball. I, I okay. kind of I, I think it's a pastime. Then I give you. I I, I don't I, I do think that they are people are athletic that play those those pastimes oh i'm gonna break one now. i just i just just came to me what? what about competitive cooking then definitely not a sport oh my gosh you're crazy a sport <laughs> i would ease a matter of fact you know that it's one of my dreams to like we'll have to validate like, competitive cooking. we're gonna have to do like a fifth grade book report here and look up the definition of uh sport i i i might throw listen i'm gonna argue that competitive cooking is a sport yeah well anyways maybe maybe because a bunch of competitive cooking people showed up at the derby as oh. they always do, always do. Smooth. Yeah. S- silky smooth segue, Jasmine. Yeah. Uh, they always do. They of always course, do. it's the Kentucky Derby. Tons of chefs there. It's mint juleps. But what is it's, that about? I mean, is it just the, is it the drinking part? Hmm. <laughs> is it the bourbon part? Well, or? first of all, there's a couple of chefs who like are in the horse game, quite honestly. Like I know. A couple. Yeah. yeah I mean, okay. I know that that's like a certain very sure. s- prestigious right. level. Yeah. But like, I think Bobby Flay's had a horse that's like yeah. run in the Derby so or, does or, or close. Look, Brian Malarkey. Right. So there's a lot it's of chefs. club. That is an interesting two two person club right there, and, I'm, and I know we're probably missing someone, uh, but a lot of top chef people end up there. I'm guessing because well, this NBC year, covers it specifically because top chef's going to be in Kentucky. Ooh, right? good point. So I saw so Calicchio like was there. Kickoff. I don't know if he's there every year, but um, Gail's not there. She's pr- super pregnant and about to like have a baby. Yeah. So. I don't think she was there, and I don't think Padma was there, but Tom was there. Yeah, and I think that, I don't think they've started filming quite no. yet. No, no, I don't think so. It, but you know, they're there for like promotional. But they're there. It's promotional, yeah. and you're right. It's uh, and and I think NBC has carried the Derby for years. I oh, could be right. wrong about that, but that's part of the connection. So that leads me to my second question: mm. Why are you never invited to the Derby? Okay, <laughs> first of all, I do think that there was a year. That I was many moons ago, though. Like I think Eli might have gotten you an invite. Oh, first of all, don't don't do him the 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 service. Pretty sure. I don't know. Possibly, but no. There was a year that we actually had an ask to do it, and it was the same ask that we. It was the same year that we were also supposed to do the correspondence uh, ball, and none of them panned out. Yeah, that's right. In like a weird twist, we didn't do any of them. But you're right. um, Top chefers are there all the time. Yeah, with their hats. And their fancy dresses and their necklaces. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. guess who and was there? And that's just Dale. So. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Dale Talde was all over the Derby this year. Was he? Our good friend. You saw some pictures. I saw a picture of him and, and, and Tom, yeah. It looked like it was hot. It, well, or that, or, or Dale might have spilled something on yeah, his shirt. Yeah, there was. 
there's uh, there's a shot of Calicchio and Dale like OG style, and yeah. I love Dale because he also totally. put the picture the day before that he threw up was uh, him at White Castles, nice, which was yeah. uh, you know for me respect because yeah. I'm a fan of the White Castle, uh, but it was Calicchio and Dale. Did I just see that White Castles doing vegan burgers? Did I dream that? They probably have been vegan the whole way. <laughs> <laughs> like you know you don't know like yeah. it's just been like you yeah, know this is really always realize. just been a bunch of ground up beans yeah. and oats and stuff um <laughs> uh, i don't know maybe they have a big i Anyways, think they have a bigger menu than what most side, people think but uh arc. but yeah we have not been invited to the derby but that's kind of uh it's interesting i did not because you're not like shunned from nbc what are you, or bravo all, not at shunned all from anything ever i've never really technically been Anymore. shunned I've never. There have been moments have, in your history. Where I have you've not been, been on like blacklisted, the, you know, and from different things. I think you're going a little too far with this, or maybe I just don't want to admit it. But I mean, blacklisted, perhaps. Heinzgate. Heinzgate was a absolute misunderstanding. But you were blacklisted for a while. For I think a day, for okay. like two days, until like realized Anyways. it. Like it was literally. We'll like, get into Heinzgate another day. Yeah. We don't, have time. We don't have time for that story. We don't have time for it, and like, yeah, I don't want to rehash the the the, the moment, but. Um, I, we're never there at the Derby, yeah. but a lot of Top Chefers were. You know who wasn't there, though? Uh, Naisha Arrington. Was she not there? Or I don't think she was there. I, I didn't know. see any pictures. Yeah. I she, feel like she I probably, saw that one. I mean, she's got a new restaurant, so. Yeah, native in Los Angeles. Uh, yeah. This was a great episode. Yeah, it was. It was great. You know, and, and some days when we go into the podcast studio, Richard's not always super thrilled just because he's busy, right? You're busy. So like you're some days you're just like, Oh, I don't want to drive to LA. I don't want to do this. I don't want to do that. Um, yeah, (laughs) this is true. And this was a great one. Like this was these, this interview. And then the one we did last week with Zach Pollock were both interviews that we left and we were just like, wow, that was awesome. Yeah. I think it's great because, um, I don't care anymore. (laughs) And no, not in a, not in a way. Like what I'm saying is like, it's just like loose. You know what I mean? Like it's not anymore. Like, um, it's, it's, I want to, I really want to talk to people and really sort of get to see, you know, how far they want to play with us. And, yeah. you know, and, and Naisha was interesting cause like you guys have a lot of things in common. It was, I would that say like, crazy. Um, again, I, I feel like there was a moment where I was like, oh wow, this is really like, well, I, I feel like we connected. Yeah. And like, you didn't, I don't think you knew how deep your stories kind of intertwined, like or how similar they were, you know, how many parallels. Right. So, so, so ultra fine dining sort of background. There's like an athletic martial arts sort of connection and she's got this aura, right? Again, how, how do I want to say this? Like, she just got this like, um, um, you know, strong, like it's a super strong, like boss chef aura. And most people that really did the things that she's done in her career, worked in these fine dining places, have that sort of aura. And it is really tough to then sort of like become the celebrity chef who really can't have all of those sort of, um, you know, you can't be like stern as a celebrity chef in a lot of ways. Mm. Am I making any sense here? Kind of. Keep going. Um, well, like learning how to smile, quite honestly. Like, I mean, I don't oh, think there's a lot yeah. of super fine dining chefs who are like running around their three Michelin star kitchen with tweezers, plating their food, you know, orchestrating their, their service and smiling and having like a, a jolly old time about it. Like there's right. a, there's a seriousness about it. Yeah. And I think it's easy to, you know, even when you're not in the kitchen to still have that seriousness about you. And, you know, I'm, I don't think it's just Naisha. I think it took me a while to learn how to do that. Yeah. Um, I, uh, Michael Voltaggio comes to mind as well. I just did a cruise ship with Brian Voltaggio, huh. who, by the way, we got he he he's going to come on the pod. Yeah, we got to bring Brian on, and then we'll get Brian and Michael back on. Um, I was super impressed with how um, energetic and 
smiley like Brian Voltaggio was because I only re- I don't really get a chance to hang out with him a lot. Yeah, and he's I, I, I've con- always thought he was a serious like yeah. very very serious. Uh, yeah, I thought right. he was too. I'm super confused only because I thought you guys weren't overlapping on the cruise. That's why I was making. Oh yeah, you were definitely making a lot of weird well, faces. I was I thought you like you were the outbound and he was the inbound. So was and I until ships in the night until we showed up and checked in together. Oh nice. And like <laughs> that that was I think a miscommunication. Oh, yeah. So like we did it. different things on the yeah, cruise yeah, ship. Yeah. But did and he stay the whole way then? Or did he two actually, other people come back? He and actually do... disembarked in Bermuda and then went with a, crew, a, a bunch of guests and did like a cooking an class excursion. on the island. An oh, excursion. Cool. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then I flew out to get back to... Um, our Sounds like the beginning of a scary movie though. Fresno. I'll yeah. be honest. <laughs> yeah. It looked fun. Um, but I was... Yeah. He, and we did overlap. So we got a chance to like have a, a cool. meal or two and nice. uh, have some coffee and like, yeah. But I was also... Again, I haven't seen him in a while. Yeah. So like there's another example of like what I did see in Asia. And I saw it in the interview with Naisha I sort of saw it like literally happen Mm. in the interview where you know and I think it's just the questions you know yeah well I think a lot of times when people sit down with us they don't really know exactly what it's gonna be and I think sometimes when they leave they're like oh my god I'm never gonna do that again sure I'm worried that that's how Zach Pollock's gonna I just went I I just listened to that episode yeah and I don't like it was to me it was awesome yeah but I don't know if like he was ready for like the game Zach attack (laughs) and like I hope he I hope we have not lost his respect I don't think we did I think it's all right I think it was fun but what were you saying you're saying that when people sit down with us they're not sure what to expect you know like whether it's gonna even even if you've listened to the podcast I still think like well is it gonna be like super chefy talk you know like is it like super like industry and and serious like you're talking about like yeah. you know this we don't smile and when we talk about food and ingredients and source and things that don't you know like make you smile yeah and it's almost like if you smile or like if you laugh um and it could be a lot of this could just be internal but it, then it's all of a sudden it's like well you're not you don't have that integrity and like right. in this interview with naisha i sort of saw it it'll be interesting if you're listening to the podcast if you sort of you know if you can listen to when that sort of happens since we're like okay she's a serious chef now and now the questions have opened up into a different side basically like her being a celebrity chef and then you can see see it literally in her face and in her tone sort of you know change the way that she's talking almost and I really connected with that Hmm. because it's a tough thing to do to like you know walk into a kitchen you know be the chef you know be the teacher um, and then have to grab a microphone and be an entertainer like I I struggle with that to no end yeah um and I don't know what you, you, yeah. you, you see it, you see my struggles. Anyway, Naisha Arrington, this episode is going to be just, I think it's one of my favorites, but I say that a lot. I should probably stop saying that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, she just opened up a restaurant called native in Los Angeles, Santa Monica, technically, uh, Santa Monica is still part of Los Angeles, right? Or is it I Venice? Think, I think Santa, I think she's in Venice, isn't it? I know she's pretty close to the Santa Monica farmers market. So. Oh, okay. Maybe somewhere, somewhere but, but somewhere on the I West think side. Most people that live on the West side over there kind of refer to themselves as Santa Monica. Oh, is that really true? I think uh, maybe. So. Okay, I think I think, I think they just were like West Side. No, I think there's just a. I think West they don't Side. Say they don't do that anymore. No, I don't think so. I'm so embarrassing myself. All right, everyone. Uh, listen, Portland, yeah. Jasmine. You know that it's like one of my favorite cities. Yeah. Every time I come back from Portland, I'm pretty much talking about what M- moving there or buying a moving house there. there, buying a place there. Yes. Fulfilling my lifelong dream of opening up a seven seat restaurant. <clears throat> That's where I could open my porridge shop. Frankly, there are 76 breweries in the Portland metro area. While certain U.S. regions are known for particular types of beers, Portland's breweries tend to be experimental and varied. I'd expect nothing uh, less right. for Portland. Uh, there's Ex Novo Brewery, uh, a brewery that donates 100% of their profits to local and global causes. There's Breakside Brewing. There's Widmere uh, Brothers. Uh, beers aren't the only thing on tap. Nearby Willamette Valley uh, boasts some of the most delicious Pinot Noirs yeah. around. 
That's Definitely. for sure. Oh, yeah. Right? I mean, more- wild mushrooms, Pinot Noir, yeah. Yeah. a little bit of, uh, you know, maybe wild salmon or something like that. That's a dish right there. And with just a 45-minute proximity to the city, Portland reaps the benefits of all of their sort of nature. I mean, summer in Portland's amazing. We need to get there, by the way, because this is making yeah. me... We just got done with a, a little camping trip, literally yeah. last night. Yeah. All of our camping gear is outside in the driveway um, yeah. drying. drying yeah. Uh, but Portland in the summer, warm, sunny weather. It's perfect for spending time outdoors. It's so green there. You know what? By the way, um, we have to reveal something here, I think. Hmm. You've never been. I've never been. We got to get you there. So frustrating. Because to be honest with you, like you're so Portland. There's a lot of places I've never been, but there's no place that I feel like I should have been already. A hundred percent. Well, we yeah. need to go there. We yeah. need to spend some time there. Uh, visit TravelPortland.com to start planning your trip. We're already planning ours as we speak. Obviously. Uh, and right you now. can too in Portland. Everyone, Naisha Arrington. Thanks for letting us find you, Naisha Arrington. No, like you've been like we you've been on a list for a while, so I don't know how long we've been uh, stalking you. Yeah, um, <coughs> but thanks for and and finding uh, thanks for making the time at probably <laughs> one of the busiest times for you. Yeah. yeah. So you just opened up a new restaurant. Congratulations. And, yes. This is native. This is native. Right. Six months. Nice. Old. Six Baby. months. Yes. Baby. Exactly. You know what? Um, yeah. Let's get. I think let's let's um let's break that down for. Uh, people listening to the podcast of how like I I think the average person or the younger cook yeah. feels like when you say a restaurant's six months old yes. that they're like oh yeah, great you're it's good it's, it's you're good golden. it's figured it out it's on its feet it's walking <laughs> right. it's it's starting to learn how to talk yeah. mm-hmm. right and that is not the case perhaps not I mean not necessarily mm-hmm. it's really about laying down the groundwork and the grid for like. You know, everyone knowing where to be, how to be, what to do, so we all can work in unison. And it takes time, like any relationship, really, to work those kinks out and become one unit that's like a centrifugal force. Right. So, like, if you had to break down a restaurant into, like, human years. Yes. Like, where is six months? I guess that's kind of so so tough. like a two year old. Prob- yeah. I don't even know. Yeah, maybe yeah. not even. You know? It's like I mean, maybe yeah. not even. Yeah, right. Like still having accidents. Yeah, totally, <laughs> like, totally, it's still totally like throwing up every once in a while. Yeah, exactly. Like reason. it's um yeah. basically like you know throwing up uncontrollably. Well, yeah, right? like this six, is <laughs> six months in. Like you're still like you're probably still getting rid of staff that you're like oh, yeah, you exactly. Didn't really work out. You yeah, were, you weren't a good fit. Hundred percent. You're still figuring that out. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I like how Jasmine, Definitely. you just broke it down right to like the the tough like um like casting the teammate part. Yeah, like, like, well, uh, I've, been, I've done too much TV. The casting, yeah. the team building, <laughs> the team building uh, part of it, right? Because you right. do, in a, also in a new opening, you do. I mean, what is the percentage? I don't even have the stat of how much you overhire. I mean, it's probably ten percent yeah. at least. At minimum. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, And it's a lot of like just filtering, like you said, just, you know, understanding who really wants to be a chef because I'm really passionate about growing chefs, not just having people on the team who want to clock in and cook food and make some mistakes and then leave, you know, like as long as we can always learn from them and grow and people can leave with life skills. Like that's really where you start to see the seeds of like growth you know in our industry really do you see a lot of people so okay i get that you have sort of like the uh, i want to i want to be a chef you want your team to be like the person at some point yes. running the show yeah i feel the same way and like tell me what you want to do and in like in five or ten years i'll help you get there right absolutely um and then you have some people that are just you know cl- clocking in and out they grill some steaks they go home they got three jobs whatever it is totally. and that's fine totally um but here's the third person that I think is that you and I are probably have a lot of experience with, yeah. and that is what about the person that wants to be Naisha? And I mean not Naisha, just the, <laughs> the dope chef, 
the television star, the person who's super popular, the person who has lots of followers and gets lots of likes. How do you deal with yeah. that person? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> big smile. Big smile, it's by the way. interesting, yeah. you know, and, and that's um, – I have to say it's the person that I'm – you know, honestly, I'm the person that is the least patient with that type of human because um, I've worked very hard to sure. develop a skill set and a tool belt for success and knowing how to navigate. And, and just to be clear, like your tool belt is like, we're talking like Batman sort of, Batman sort of style. Shit. Right. Yeah. Like, like you're like equipped. It's yes. not just like a, like a little fashionable belt. No. You got, like, grapp- <laughs> yeah, you got grappling hooks on it. Like you got serious <laughs> things, right? Totally. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah. And that really just comes through um, aligning yourself with great leaders, you know, thought leaders, entrepreneurs in our field and people who know the business, you know, and, and sort of knowing that nucleus and how to resonate from there. Right. Um, and that's super important to me. Um, but you do, but you have to um, certainly like respect the young person or the, the, the cook who's like wants to be in your shoes. Of right? course, of course. And what if they do want to, I mean, do you have people in the like interview process who are like, I mean, I guess you wouldn't say this in an interview, but like, oh, I want to be yeah. on Top Chef. No, I want to yes, get all the television work that you I'm get. I'm sure Whatever. people yes. say that in the interview process. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So and is that a, is that a pro or a con? Because I, I can see it. I can see it as a con mostly, probably. Right? I mean, mostly, <laughs> probably, unless that they are willing to put in the work to get to that point. Right. But it's not like, oh, I'm going to work at Native because I want to be on TV. Well, or right. I want to, even you know. to want to put in the work, but to like to even know that there is that work right because i think that's the issue that we've at least talked to a a dozen guests about of like some of these kids just think you come out of culinary school and i'm gonna get on tv now. well it's also (laughs) not necessarily and it's weird i'm playing like the other side here but it's like it's not necessarily their fault no No. like they might just know you it's like you know who's one of my favorite one of my friends who's one of the most talented chefs rocco despirito yeah People, most young people, they maybe just know him now even as like a Food Network personality. Sure. Maybe they saw his show, The Restaurant. Yes. Rarely do people know, oh, wow, he was actually slinging great food yeah. at Union Pacific in yeah. New York and is a super talented chef. Yeah. Yeah. And like, but you can't really get mad at someone who's saying, oh, Richard Blaze, yeah, I saw him being goofy on a Food Network show. That's right. what he does. That's yeah. what he is, yeah. right? But in a restaurant you need them to be cooks first they need to know you like you worked and trained under Robuchon correct Correct. right which is by the way like a unicorn unicorn (laughs) shit right because we can say anything but I mean how I mean at that point I felt like we know when I was accepted after the stage I staged you know for a week for free and um Another mind-blowing thing for right. most for most young kids, people, yeah. you know, and, 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 and understandably in a way, right? Of course, legality-wise, right? you know, yeah, and right. yeah, of course. Um, and then getting accepted, you know, um, I felt like it was. I was trying to like articulate it to my dad how like important this was and how stoked I was <laughs> in the moment, like when this happened. Yes. Okay, got and it. I was like, "This is because they sent me a letter and it was like gold." Like, it where were you in your life at that moment? If you don't mind me asking, sure. Yeah. No, I just le- I was a um, saucier at a two-star Michelin restaurant called. Um, Melise. Right. I was there for <laughs> right. two years yeah. under Brendan Collins, who um, worked for Marco Pierre White. And um, it was gnarly. It was like super, super gnarly. I was a sous chef and, you know, I was leading the team and um, cooking every protein under the sun and learning how to break down just every piece of game, every piece of, you know, cooking with product from around the world that was like impeccable, right? Putting food on a plate that's $50 for the plate before you even put food on it, you right. know, and just that level of like intensity, like, mm. Loved it, you know, and I, I remember I was this was like 2006, and um, I'd been there for a little over two years. And, and you're the saucier, 
So, like, again, in the, what is I love the uh, Fernand Point quote, that in the orchestra of cuisine, the saucier is a soloist. Uh, What a great quote. I just got chills. It's the only quote that I know. (laughs) (laughs) But it's one of those really, like, right? It's romantic. I mean, it is. So you're a soloist in, like, a super fine dining Michelin-starred restaurant, two-star Michelin-starred restaurant. (laughs) Wait, we shall. So, you know, learning how to command a board of eight-course tickets that where you're railed and you know, just intense, you know, watching the chefs have meltdowns over kids that were like doing stupid shit. And, mm. you know, um, it was the best cooking experiences of my life. And I, I forged amazing relationships and friendships that I'll have for a lifetime. Um, but I was there, um, I was visiting a friend and I t- did a stage and I got accepted. And, um, you know, I didn't plan on leaving, but when, you know, I'm just insatiable and, and, and this was at what uh, what Robert, okay wow so like the the granddaddy basically yes mm-hmm. and so um yeah it was amazing i mean cooking next to him that was my first uh sous chef position and then moving there um started out in garmage and then we're at garmage one two and three and then went up to poissonnier and um then beyond so i was cooking all the meat and then went to the mansion, and I was Poissonnier for uh, a year and a half. And Amazing. Yeah. Uh, I know. was Poissonnier at McDonald's. <laughs> <laughs> that was my first, my first I job. I love I it. I was. Yeah, it was true. And, like, you know, <laughs> the first batch of filet of fish I sent out, I forgot to put the top bun on it. So, like, I was being avant-garde well before I knew. Sure. That the, I was like, oh, extra tartar sauce, no top bun. Yeah. <laughs> Here's like, an that's experience. that's how we go. Right. So, and, and cheese with fish. Right. I mean, I didn't invent that. Fair that was enough. McDonald's. Yeah, Taco Bell um, was my But Robuchon, was it? Yes. Nice. Oh, my God. Please, right yeah. now, break down. <laughs> please break down the mystery of the Mexi Melt to me. Oh, Do, Mexi can Melt. You, can you? Can you? Um, the oh, mystery. My, I cannot believe your first job was it. I am so jealous. Oh, right it was yeah. the best. This is you weird. That because I, I'm, yeah. I'm jealous of the Robuchon stuff, too. Yeah. But it's the Taco Bell oh, stuff that's kind of. Tell okay. me about it. So, I couldn't uh, wait to get on that line. So was this the. Um, so the Mexi Melt is. Yes. Uh, a, a number of cheeses and like some yeah, there's like unripe a cheese tomatoes. Steam. Correct. Steam. <laughs> there was like this like steam kind of sear. Um, interesting. You know, at that p- point when you're cooking, it's all about like science. And obviously, you know, for McDonald's, it's not just about the cooking. It's like the timing, the science right. behind the equipment. The consistency and of it. 100%. Right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the Mexi Melt was kind of like the McRib where it'd like go away and come back. Oh, so, wow. Yeah, yeah I'm so just it wasn't, old. Uh, it maybe wasn't I don't remember that. <laughs> that was yeah. like my. That must like, have been why you ordered so many. Yeah, you, that was like my them. high yeah. school. I mean, I also like lost a lot of weight, but I would, and it's embarrassing to admit, but like I would order so many Mexi Melts like through the drive through, even after I was a chef. Like I was, yeah. I, I love fast food. Yeah. And I would like eat them so fast, I would like be choking. It was like horrible. It's like, I, it's like it's a horrible, horrible story. But like I would, I love the Mexi. I'm not, a, I'm not, I'm not. It's going to be a key scene in your memoir. So, wow. So that's good. So do you tell, is that all, when you're like speaking and you're on the road and I know you travel and you're on the circuit and all that is it I love that story like the Taco Bell to Robuchon and now like running your own businesses you know it's funny I actually haven't really mentioned Taco Bell that much but it's fun that's to, what like, we talk bring about, out here yeah. that's what we bring out a lot of people think we're going to talk about food and sometimes we do yeah like we are today but really we want to talk about you and your experience um, so that good that could be world premiere for starving for attention, mm-hmm. um, and then with Robuchon, the experience itself, everything that you thought it would be, everything. I mean, you know, you know, having being scheduled at two p.m. and showing up at nine a.m. <laughs> that was great, right? <laughs> you know, and you know those fun times, and when Robuchon was, you know, there, and um, 
It was funny because we had a great rapport. And, right. And um, a lot of the cooks were like, why does he only talk to you? And I'm like, Oh, well, that's the worst, though. Like, that feeling where, results. like... results. Right, of course. You know, like... But that, like... And it, we sometimes we talk about this, and you, you're actually a perfect person for this, is, like, the <clears throat> competition within, especially those, like, very classical French systems. I mean, I worked for Danielle. And it's like... And I'm working with, uh, you know, with basically half the staff are on, is it J1 or J7? I forget. Yeah, what, J, yeah J1. Yeah, visa. so you're on these visas. Yeah. They're all from Paris and France. Yeah, absolutely. And they're all coming in yep. from other great chefs yep. who sent their their boys and girls off to New York for a couple of years yep. to learn under Danielle. And there's so much pressure. Absolutely. And like, uh, I mean, the term SFA would be thrown around, stupid f***ing American, yeah. a lot. And it's <laughs> yeah. like... No, like, well, like we, let's just like cook great food and everything. Totally. But it is it, there's a competition with inside of those kitchens. Yeah, absolutely. It was intense. So you got heat for being like respected by Robuchon. Absolutely, because mm. you produce quality work. Yeah, and his um, his chef, Chef Danzaki, was like gnarly, and he was like this Japanese French man from refused to know English and was like, oh, oh new, yes, 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 this guy just like That's seven awesome. feet tall and like seven feet tall, like he had to, like in my mind, seven feet tall, you know, you're creating an amazing super villain right now, <laughs> so <Yeah>. much, yeah, <laughs> he was, you know, but he was so intense. Um, and the stories, I mean, I've watched, you know, grown men get slapped in the face for Ooh. like. You know, carving, yes. like literally, yeah. you know, like intense things. And, um, you know, obviously plates to get thrown and just like peeling people apart, like before their eyes. Like I, things I've that. I've been partially peeled myself. You know, of course. <laughs> we all have. So. Have you ever? Like, I yeah. mean, you're, 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 I get it. Yeah. You're so much more talented than I am. But, like, I remember one time, like, literally. <laughs> running down into like I could go get some smoked salmon or sure. whatever in this kitchen you had to run downstairs and it's a Michelin star kitchen and like the chef was like I did not slice the smoked salmon thin yes. enough and I got the whole like you got to read a newspaper through it and you're you know you're stupid and this yes. and I had to go back to go get more salmon to slice and I just remember like being in that walk-in the walk-in is a good place for crying yeah <laughs> It's definitely like the We call this happened. the walk-in yeah. studio. Yeah, I so love feel it. free yeah, if you want to make me cry today. <laughs> no. um, but like it's in th- there's a physicality to it and like it's not good though. Is no. it? No. I mean, no. In hindsight, in retrospect, no, it's not good, right? As like a thought. Right. Mm-hmm. I think it's helped shape me as a human being because I I come from like a martial arts background and like I played lots of team sports and so I feel like I had the like small tools as a kid in mm. my adolescent stages to like take those things and be able right. to separate the emotional and the physical pain at times with you know getting the job done and a lot of times it's a lot of self-sacrifice man so you know I love I love that so the martial arts and the and the sports I think does correlate to obviously discipline and commitment I mean I mm. played a lot of sports as well and like you know I guess it, it, the line is like when you know I never had a coach grab my face mask sure, or sure. or do anything like that, but I've, you sure. certainly get yelled at enough. A lot. if you're on a good yeah. athletic team. Oh, yeah. a lot. I remember there was a time when like my entire low boy went down, and I was like, it was like Friday night, and I was like, I'm gonna roll the dice. I'm just gonna put some ice on it. Like I was a young cook. It was stupid, you know, at right. that time. And of course, the health department came in. And oh it wow! Was like seven Aww. o'clock, right? And so my proteins were at like you know three degrees above, and like the whole come to find out, the whole back of the line thing like froze up, and tickets were coming in. I panicked, you know, because we like anyway. So yeah, because you could basically now shut down a business for a service. Yeah, yeah, right, pretty yeah, much. Exactly yeah. right. Yeah. So <laughs> then 
you know, yeah, basically, long story short, my chef, I was in the walk-in and, like, we're pulling everything out and, like, icing it down and the health department lady was standing next to me and my chef is, like, this close <laughs> to my face, like, calling me every expletive in the book and, mm. like, I feel his, like, spit, like, oh, coming on gosh. my face and this lady's just mortified, like, ah, right. <laughs> it's okay, <laughs> don't worry about it and, like, we've got an A and, like, because it was, like, right. you know, a degree. It was like, yeah. exactly. Yeah. You know, You're going to get an A, but yeah. I'm also going to write something <laughs> I'm sorry about for your personal safety. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but like things like that, you know, and then just to like understand, like just go into service, like, oh my God, you know. It's I mean, it's an, it's an archaic model. I mean, there's not many other fields. That that I mean, like military. I mean, you know, right, where right. where it is okay to to do that. I you know? like old school thing. sports. Yeah. I mean, like you know, Bobby right, like Knight and Woody yeah. Hayes, yeah. and like yeah, I, I guess martial arts, which I know nothing about. But I'm assuming there's also like yeah. a very like yeah, you know, master protege sort of like totally. moment in martial yeah. arts, totally. right? Absolutely. Um, but here's the thing, though. Like we, so now though, we're in a day and time where like that's unacceptable, right? A lot yeah, of a lot absolutely. of those behaviors that you and I have witnessed and been on the other side of, yeah. Yeah. and like, but it's also like there there is a part of like hey when i was a like when i was sure. a cook i got yelled at when i was a cook i cried in the walk-in <laughs> and that's look where i am cry, now. go in the walk-in right like it's okay if you're crying you know yeah um how do you how have you sort of like come from those that world yeah, yeah. Weaned yourself to, off of it yeah you know? like you're not i don't I, again i haven't um you know worked with you that much yeah. but i have not you know you don't strike me as like a shouty chef no i'm not shouty i do i do ask the best of individuals you know like why wake up and get out of bed tie your shoes or put your clogs on and come into a restaurant with a sharp knife and produce something that's subpar you know it's just for the individual more so than it is like an ego-driven thought like i don't thrive off of making Mm -hmm. kids cry like i don't that's not my goal my goal is to offer a bigger thought for the individual for the success of their life path and we are all like alive anyways like you might as well listen to the message and Write things down and do it the way a chef asks and check in, you know, for feedback during the process. Because at the end, when it's wrong, now you've put the business in jeopardy, product in jeopardy, food costs, you know, the sanctity of the chef and the entire process is all for Nothing. A lot of that has mm-hmm. is that communication sort of totally breakdown, right where totally. like as long as as long as the, like the boss has to be okay with like people asking questions totally and you might have to go through a couple you, know, you might be a sous chef or, or a lean a lead cook or whatever ask that question first there yeah exactly you don't have to come to me like exactly. for everything um, but I think yeah. that is that sort of education that's really important yeah that, absolutely you know but some of those old school chefs were not really about no the and, they and were just about humiliating people and communication yeah. also and that's really where i'm not so much the shouty chef and you know I, yeah when i was at a robichon I, I can't lie like i was very impatient i just was like i don't understand why you don't see this like this you know mm. and i didn't get that and then you know throughout managing people and seeing different personalities throughout like my career i learned to be a better communicator you know and i learned how to get the best out of people and manage people as individuals but yeah i was i was very um difficult at times yeah you, know? you and me both yeah, i remember yeah. like my first executive chef position i remember it was mashed potatoes and it wasn't even in like a glorious thing it was just mashed potatoes yeah Pomero Bouchon, yeah. you know, and like, you know, like I was like, I, the cook was like, hey, what do you think? And, you know, and I was like, oh, need some white pepper. And he's like, I don't think so. And I was just like, <laughs> did I ask you? F-? Like, like, yeah. like, dude, yeah. Like, dude, more white pepper. Like yeah. this isn't a conversation. Yeah. 
but some some places operate a little bit more like that, I guess. Sure. But like But I coming from where I came from, where you come from, like, don't talk. Like that it. was like no, like I just that's an order. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. This is not, like, this not asking, a discussion about it. <laughs> yeah. And it also wasn't one of these cooks, by the way. Yeah. Where I've been in kitchens and I stars at Chez Panisse. Yes. Where and I in only a couple of nights, but like as a young cook, I stars at Chez Panisse, and yes. I was coming from the laundry where yes. everything was much more like blah 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 sure. blah. Boss told me to do this. Blah sure. blah blah. And they we uh, we would make a dish, and I remember it was like right like ten minutes before. Service and all the cooks get together and there was like a grilled monkfish dish and we're yeah. tasting it and everyone's like, "What do you think?" Oh, I think it could use a little bit more acid and oh, I think the lemon's good. And right. I was like, "What the? <laughs> f- <are we laughs> yeah, yeah. We open in ten minutes. Yeah, chef. Yes, lead us down the path. Of yes. success. Yes. But it was also the beauty of Chez Beautiful. Panisse. Yeah, right. and Absolutely. like and then in the middle of service, I'm getting goosebumps talking about it. Ah. Then we would sit down and like we had a bottle of wine in the middle of service. Ah. It was a downstairs dining room. When I don't know if they still do that, but like, wow. I was like, Enjoy we're life. we're gonna have a bottle of wine now yeah in the middle of the shit like yeah. it's dope yeah. but it's like also like I was so as I was a robot yeah totally. in one other machine totally that could not understand this 100%. I was like no 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 yeah <laughs> must chop yeah. chives must yeah. chop chives we'll, we'll, we'll eat macaroni out of a deli container yeah. I'm Where's gonna go over ruler? here <laughs> exactly no and so you know today a lot of my um, sentiments around like managing and leading teams is is in between you know I'm very that like Chez Panisse like through osmosis and go with the flow type like I love playing like reggae music during prep and just like or classical and like getting a team like energy and vibe is really important to me and then yeah and then just you know asking I can't say commanding or demanding excellence but I just really ask for my team to be their best every day you know Hey, Jasmine, we know that in food, the source indicates quality, right? Of course. It evokes craftsmanship and traditional old world values. The source reinforces the connection we have to each other and to the world. S. Pellegrino, bottled at the source in Bergamo, Italy, since 1899, is a premium mineral water that's naturally filtered by the Italian Alps. That's why it's so delicious. During this 30-year underground journey, wow, minerals are absorbed as the water flows through geological formations to its source, creating a unique and refreshing taste. Uh, as chefs, we're meticulous about the ingredients but you know what um, I really love is that water is an ingredient S. Pellegrino knows that uh, I serve S. Pellegrino in all of my restaurants and you know what I really love uh, Jasmine what? about uh, Pellegrino is that they do such a great job of supporting uh, the culinary community you know oh, what I mean yeah. Yeah, they do. Yeah, and it's also kind of nice. Look, I'm, I have a giant bottle of Pellegrino in front of me. You do. It's kind of like almost like the centerpiece of our table right here. But listen, also, this upcoming holiday season, as you gather around the table with family and friends, I encourage you to enhance your own meals by choosing S. Pellegrino. To find S. Pellegrino in your area and for some additional culinary inspiration, visit sanpellegrino.com. Okay, everyone, look out. The Lady Gang podcast is hitting you up every Tuesday and Thursday on Podcast One. Join Becca Tobin, Jack Vanak, and Kelty Knight. Talk to amazing guests like Destiny's Childs, Michelle Williams, and Bachelor Nation's Kareen Olympios. Then answer your burning questions with Lady Gang quickies. Download the Lady Gang podcast at Podcast One and Apple Podcasts. And also remember to rate and review because it's one of the top podcasts on Podcast One. Lady Gang. Now back to Starving for Attention with Richard Blaze. What is something that, uh, as a leader and manager and chef now of your own place, um, have you carried over? Like one thing that you know is straight, like, hey, this is from Robuchano. This is from... Uh, Prep uh, lists. Um, you know, I, that's very important to me. Um, one, so is this one cook to another cook? Like, uh, There's many. There's varying layers of this. Okay, got <laughs> there's it. a nice. production list for the day. You know, there's individual chef de partie lists and then um you know that that's kind of 
you know, and then just station checks like every hour we do temperature. Oh, I love that. Yeah, like it's all that's important. It's super important because it just things just naturally, unknowingly and unintentionally can slip away. Absolutely. If like at least your sous chefs aren't like in every nine pan. Absolutely, absolutely. Product Hmm. rotation, all those small details. You know, um, not just about flavorings and seasonings, but just proper cooling techniques and all those little things that allow us to, you know, thrive as businesses. Um, what about as a cook? Are you like, is there something like, like for me, it's always like when I walk up on a station, I fold a towel a certain yes. way. Yes. It's really just oh, to be yes. a dick, by the way. <laughs> no. Like, yeah. I know the only reason I do it is because I'm being it. Like, the first thing I'm going to do yeah. is clean your shit up. Mm-hmm. Right? And it's oh like, my it's gosh, really a. You do that at home. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> you do that all the time. This is so eye opening. Oh, my gosh. So it's, but it's just because it's so many. So- have it's done so, it to me. Oh it's like gosh. I'm gonna walk up on your station. First thing I'm gonna do, just clean so you your know. mess up. Yeah, <laughs> just like just like you get home. I've like just got the kids to bed. I gave them <laughs> baths. I read to them. I nurtured the hell out of them. Yeah, I put them to bed, and like he'll be getting home right about the same time, and like. He'll go do the dishes in the sink. And I'm yeah. like, I can do those. Yeah. I just was doing a thousand but other yeah. things. But it, it's, it, is, it probably is carried that's over from bit. that, but it's just definitely not intentional. A bit. And I'll be <laughs> thinking about that now because that's not what yeah. I'm trying to do. Because I'm like, I just didn't get there. Yeah. But it, I mean, yeah. what are some of the, like, what are some of the... Absolutely the towel folding thing. That <laughs> right. is a pet peeve of mine. A crumpled towel in a station. Never. First of all, yep. um, secondly, I'm just really like OCD. I love to like line up my like little, you know, mise en place. So like, I want other cooks to work like that, you know. Um, process. I always say that there's stages of three. You're gonna have your like product, your byproduct, and your end result. Like work into bowls or work on a parchment paper or. You know, those small details that, like, add up to efficiencies and, and those things. Yeah, and also things like that also makes, like, Rachel Ray successful. Like, when I work, I work in, like, she's always like, I got a little bowl where I put my garbage yes. in there. And, like, when you hear Rachel Ray say it, yes. for, like, a home cook, you're like, oh, that's kind of that nice little nice little hack. But yeah. it's the same thing that, yeah. you know, a star chef is also doing in their restaurant. Absolutely, because, you know, if you think about it, you're eliminating many steps to carry, you know, say, you like, peel a carrot, you know, you're... And you don't peel it onto a parchment. Okay, I have to wipe the towel. Now my towel is super dirty. You know, now I have to take it and take it to the trash can. And, oh, I forgot something. Now I have to take it to the trash can, trash can again. And then you're not ready for service. Oh, well, why? Because you didn't have your mise en place set up and you didn't do it one time. You did it five times, you know. Mm. Or you didn't have your list. Like, you went to the walk-in seven times instead of one. Right. You know? So, yeah, like, and now we also have a camera in the walk-in. And here, <laughs> right. I can document well, this to you. Here you go. This, yeah. <laughs> on my phone. Well, yeah. speaking of seven. cameras, I mean, I'd like to kind of detour completely but into Top Chef world. Yes. So did all of that just fly out the window then for you? The towel Ooh, folding uh, and the, the peeling onto oh, a parchment I, paper? I have thoughts on this. Top Chef was hard for me <laughs> the first go. Because, for everyone, I think. Yeah. Um, and it's funny, like that time when I was like the hot-headed chef, they called, and I remember uh, one of the producers called like on a Friday night service and the hostess came to the kitchen. It was like my first chef's cuisine job. And she's like, top chef's on the phone, blah, blah. <laughs> and I walked into the dining room and I picked up the phone. I said, no, I'm going to call this restaurant right. during service again. And I hung up the phone. Two years later, they were like, oh. oh first of all, they hung <laughs> up the phone and they were like, awesome. hired. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> Probably. You got to get her. Like, yeah. Yeah. For, anyone, for all the uh, uh, you know, emerging actors out there, here's how, you do, here's how you do an audition. You walk in and you're just like, 
you guys. I don't want this part. And they're like, she was brilliant. Genius. Right. And at some point, someone probably then asked you, like, I don't know if you remember this phone call we had, but like, would you do that if like some big yeah. chef came out and you're like, yeah, probably. The funny thing, I don't even know if I mentioned that because like it was like two or three years later they called and I was in between jobs. So it worked out. But um, I don't know that I ever told him that story. That's funny. Yeah. That's, but that's a, that makes it because you're just like so locked in. Yeah. You automatically like, got I don't, and you're, yeah. And that's really interesting to me because then obviously though at that point in your life and I've been there too you're yeah. like TV's bullshit and like Absolutely. real chefs don't cook on TV I, real that, chefs don't say bam yeah. and these are friends now of mine but like yeah of course so how did you transition how did you then come to the uh, you know to do the show yeah. when you had the when you were so strong willed like that yeah um, well I was consulting on a restaurant in Hawaii and kind of just hanging out and surfing and trying to figure okay out. like real consulting or like how like I sometimes <laughs> yeah. like I'm consulting <laughs> yeah it was like I'm out of work <laughs> I'm living in Hawaii for a little bit yeah. <laughs> right. I, oh yeah there you go there you go <laughs> so, so you know surfing <laughs> yeah, exactly well played and um, you know they sent an email blah, 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 came back to LA did the whole process and um, also, land like an executive chef position here, so it all worked out. Right. And um, yeah, but like I have to say, like that was my first TV thing, mm-hmm. and it was so hard for me because I thought like, and I should have like done more due diligence. I was just like super strong willed and like super stubborn. I was like, like I'm I'm gonna win this show. Like I I know my skill set. Like I'm going into you know I didn't like. Nothing else mattered. Like, my bubble was, like, clean station. And, like, you know, like, no, I'm not going to take this one piece of filet out of this fish and throw the rest away or throw this Vitamix on the floor. Like, that made my mind melt. It it was – it became – I mean, quite honestly, again, it's a disadvantage. Yeah. Yeah. So you put yourself at a tremendous disadvantage because – you're so talented and committed yes. and, and are coming yes. from this three Michelin right. star yes. background. Yes. You're all systems. Yeah. And then you go all there systems. and there's no system. Zero and, systems. And, and, and hopefully it takes a couple of like, if you're, if you're lucky enough to get yeah. a couple episodes where then you start realizing, yeah. you're like, wait a second, yeah. in this world, yeah. I can just throw, I throw a Vitamix <laughs> over my shoulder. <laughs> Real talk. Right? Yes. yes. I always yes. say that. And like, again, you know, chefs, I don't know why I'm doing air quotes around that. <laughs> But, like, you know, I mean, we just had Zach Pollock in here who I don't think is competing on a show who, like, yeah, no, your station is clean. It's like, it doesn't really matter. Yeah. It is a different game. You're yeah. running a different race. Totally. And, you, and, and, and sometimes the biggest disadvantage comes to the people from the fine dining world. Totally. Because you are like, oh, wait, but I have a clean cutting board. Yeah. yeah. You know, but look how clean is, my station is. Totally. Yeah. And look at there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, absolutely. It, it is. I, it, and it, I mean, I, you know, I, I got – it took me, like, a season, quite honestly, when I yeah. came back. And I was like, no. Yeah. All the other stuff now – doesn't mean a thing. Yeah. No one cares about my folded towel. No. No one cares about my blue apron. <laughs> yeah. No one gives a shit. Yeah. Except yeah. about, the, you know, whoever's judging this thing only cares about how this tastes. Yes. Uh, matter of fact, and I'm going to break down a lot of Top Chef, like, <laughs> matter of fact, that person who's eating that dish over there on table 39, that person doesn't matter either. Right. right. There's four people who, you know, matter, and it's these four judges, whatever. Absolutely. Sorry, we're going off on Top Chef here a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Well. Um, but then you do the experience. Yes. And I think, too, just reading some of your quotes... You, uh, it doesn't work out for you the way you wanted it to in the beginning. No. Yeah. But you've made the best of it. A hundred percent, as you know, anyone should in life, and who's passionate and has a legacy of life to live. Really, I mean, I I wouldn't imagine doing anything else that could feed the way being a chef does for my soul. Um, from an artist standpoint, from a nurturing standpoint, from a business standpoint, like it's just who I am. It's ingrained in my DNA. Um, you know, yeah, maybe 
Top Chef did not work out for me, like, in the way that I'd wanted it to. But right. it doesn't dictate, like, who I am as a chef, you know. Yeah. And it's really cool to be able to talk about this. I actually haven't talked about it a lot. Um, Welcome to the walk-in <laughs> therapy Yeah, we're in the walk-in yeah. This is where this stuff comes out. You know, but, um, yeah. And it's I have to say, when I did leave the show and I was like, oh, mortified. And I called my dad and my mom. And I was like, oh, I'm like, my career's over. Like, right. you Because know, I think, right. like, oh, all these... People are watching this programming and thinking like, "Oh, she sucks," or you know, all these thoughts go through your head and insecurities. And um, this is a mi- weird mirror conversation. Like this, mm. I'm learning a lot listening to you because like w- people don't understand. Dude, I say sometimes like when you're up there and then they tell you like you didn't win or whatever. Like it's your l- whole life. It's your whole life. Your whole life is yeah. being like just taken away from you. If you now there are some people though who are like, oh, "I just came here. Yeah. I got to. I got to. You know, the episode I needed <laughs> yeah. to get to. I'm good." Yeah. But that not, that's not no. the, the, the cloth we were cut from. No, no. And honestly, yeah. I'd, I'd, so you're, I mean, there's depression. I mean, uh, I could be. Could be. Like, like, for me, there was at least a long plane ride home in a couple oh, 100%. months. Oh, 100%. Like, How yeah. long was that it's plane hard. ride? A couple months. I was going to say, yeah. <laughs> or we ran around the world yeah, a couple times. Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. No, it, it definitely take it very seriously, you know. Um, and yeah, I mean. Um, but now you like, you're on the top of that heap. Yeah. Because this is interesting to me because I do feel also like. The people who don't win the show, yeah, it's like sports. And you're now totally. that I know you're an athlete, it's like the team that doesn't win the Super Bowl is so f-ing hungry for yeah. the next season Better to start. It. Yeah, absolutely. And you've done that. You've like yes. turned it into probably, I mean, potentially more of a success story than it would be if like you won. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And that's really where I have peace of mind. And I have to say, when I left the show and I went through those like sad moments of feeling defeated and like had to pick myself up and dust myself off when I walked back into the restaurant like so many people viewers and whatnot came through and they said more like 10 out of 10 everyone were like you're a class act on the show your characters shine through and I got eliminated on a team challenge which right. was thoroughly frustrating oh, sure, so, sure. And, um, you know it's okay but um, bullshit Tom Click <laughs> <laughs> But he he was amazing, and we always like would sidebar, and he was you know super cool dude. But uh, yeah, um, you know it was a process, and yeah, I think yeah. it is about the longevity, you know, and um, it is not you know it's a marathon, and uh, although I want to win at every single thing, of on course, the way. Yeah. <laughs> you're, you're, you're the competitive that, that, the nature doesn't change. No, um, but the game is not. I mean, and, and, and this is not Top Chef specific. It's yeah. really reality competition. Yeah. The game is not winning that show. The game is like how much success you can have from doing well on that show. Right, you've said before right. the game starts when you, the game starts when, when the you get off. Over. Like, yeah. yeah, when the, when you're done. Absolutely. Like, and yeah. I think in, a, in an odd way, potentially the winners are at disadvantage because now they ride yeah. a hot three months, four months. Right, of PR, of PR, and, and yeah. they just think this is the rest of my life. No, it's not. Mm-hmm. No one knows who you are nine months from that thing, especially now with the cycles of all of these television shows. That's yeah. right. You're an old actor from an 80s sitcom, basically. <laughs> right? Immediately. <laughs> right. And like, unless you start driving for the next thing. Yeah. So like, what were some of those like um, <clears throat> successes post Top Chef? Because that was years ago, right? I mean, yeah, 2012. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, I have to say like, Honestly, I feel like I win in real life. So, like, I, you know, was, of course. you know, like, I feel like when I went back to the restaurant, like, you know, I, there were many accolades to follow in my tenure as um, executive chef at the Wilshire, which was my first position um, as chef. Um, and just, you know, small, small um, championships in my own life, just winning at food costs or right, like, yeah, right, I don't yeah, know, yeah. like things yeah. like have that matter. Have you figured that one out? I'm glad. <laughs> you got, I'm glad I have people on my team that do really good with that because I was yeah. always horrible. Um, I mean, has that yeah. ever been an issue? Not a quick segue into the financial. No, it, it's not been an issue. I, just, my issue was like, 
I like like wild mushrooms. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Like we're gonna order all of them if yeah. you're okay with that. Oh, yeah. they're expensive. I don't care. Yeah, you know? they're delicious. Like, Danielle didn't care. Yeah. Robuchon didn't care. <laughs> exactly. Uh, or you know what? You know, just things like that. Just. Um, I don't know if there was any like. Uh, well, you you stayed um, like you're. You're you're visible though. Like yeah. you do, you've done a lot more yeah. television. You, yeah. Like you're in every magazine that yeah. I open. Yeah. So you've embraced that world. Yes, I love it. You know, I really do love it. I I my goal is to build a very large platform so that my message is heard throughout the world. You know, my my being is really geared towards, um, you know, leaving the world a better place when I'm not on it anymore and. Being a person of in the food space, I think that it's really impeccable, especially at this time as like chefs are being celebrated. You know, we're coming out from behind the stoves and being mm. recognized for what we do, and um, it's really what drives my passion. Um, and yeah, I think right after the show, like People Magazine like named me one of like sixty nine most like interesting people to watch or whatever. Nice. And from that oh, was like amazing. the first that's article, awesome. and then from there it was kind of like. Lily padding and like yeah, yeah. see like that's right, amazing right, right. accolade. Yeah. Yeah. My post top chef thing was um, <laughs> top thirty men who look like old lesbians. <laughs> that was the best. Present. It was really it's one of my famous Seriously? most. That's yeah. a serious thing. Details yeah. magazine and I was sandwiched between Rod Stewart and Bruce Jenner at the moment. <laughs> Which is like also like if you're gonna be sandwiched between two guys that look like old lesbians, like those are the two guys. Like Jeff can't even contain himself behind the glass right now. I'm like in tears. I can't. That's true. And I was like, hey, listen, that's one. Like I, I think that's probably the first time in my life I was ever like, all press is good that was press, a great right? Piece. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then like there was a picture of like a stock footage from like Top Chef, and I was like, yeah, they, they kind of got a point. <laughs> I'm wearing like Crocs and like baggy jeans. Baggy jeans. Yeah, yeah it was got kinda, mom jeans on. The biggest, biggest accolades. Now you're running Native. Yes. Uh, just destroying the game. Did you also do um, – what's the, so Native, everything I'm reading is just about how it's such a quintessential Los Angeles yeah. well, experience, the, the, right? And the word is uh, hyper-local. I've yeah. seen that word a lot. Is that yeah. you're doing or is, or, yeah. yes. or is that just the critics writing about it? You're hyper-local. No. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, I opened my first restaurant in 2015, which was called Leona, and mm-hmm. I had to walk away from that. Um, and this is really, I kind of call it my self-sophomore restaurant. You know, that, that was my freshman, the sophomore, mm-hmm. and it's like, you know, it's... Um, That's good because it also gives you two more plays. <laughs> And you can even come back for grad thing. school yeah. exactly. after that one. I like exactly. that. I mean, I feel like, you know, I want to build a big empire. I want to have many restaurants and, like, many different concepts. And, you know, that's – I'm just a creative person and my brain is really hard to, like, rear and control that, like – I feel like multiple establish- establishments will, like, feed that, you know? Mm. Sure. Um, yeah. So this one is really kind of like a celebration of me, you know, who I am and as a chef in my repertoire of the last 16 years. It's um, – and it's funny because when I was nine, I used to um, play restaurant when I was a kid. Me too. You did? We have so much in did common. You really? Yeah. Yes. I, I, interesting. I, I, give me a play. Give me an experience. So, like, to my two <laughs> girlfriends, Lucy and Michelle, would always come over. And my nice. big thing was, bow, like, bow, bow. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and so my favorite thing was making soup because I was just passionate about stock making and sauces. Wait, wait. How old are you? I yeah. was, like, nine. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. Nice. And so. A nine-year-old um, passionate about <laughs> soup making and stocks and sauces. <laughs> and awesome. so. Um, I would make this like broth all the time. Like I just loved making broths, um, and I made this like soup thing. And um, you invented bone broth well before. Yes, it was a cool exactly. Thing. Totally. Yes, yeah, there you go. Exactly. And so I was talking to my dad, and I was like, "Oh, you know, I would love to have a restaurant." Oh, so I called my restaurant A Plus One Good Restaurant when I was. <laughs> 
my god! First of all, totally. there's, there's first of all there's a Chinese restaurant. <laughs> there has to, yeah, has right. to be. Yeah. There has to be a and Chinese SCB, restaurant named right? A One Plus Good Easily. Restaurant. <laughs> Um, but it's funny because what triggered that thought is my dad um, was sitting at the chef's table um, at my first restaurant. And he was like looking around. He's like, Naisha, you did the thing that you said you were going to do yeah. so long ago, you know, and um, it's really cool to watch it, you know, and be a part of it and um, nurture that. But, <clears throat> yeah, um, I had said to him that I want to have a restaurant This is when I was a kid, that I want to have, like, a different style of cuisine every day. I wanted one day to be Indian, one day to be, like, Asian, one day, you know, Japanese, <laughs> Korean. Like, right. And so it's funny because that's really what I love is, like, connecting people, like, through the globe and, like, the lens of food. But um, so that's really what it is. It's hyper-local, like, sourcing-wise, but it's really um, – for me, it's a conduit of, like – connecting people right like through the global lens and um you know so we have different um cultural influences on the menu i come from multicultural background my mom's korean my father's um black and um, cherokee indian so i feel like literally native i'm a native angelino is just who i am from my soul my mind and my heart and it's um just um, flavors from around Los Angeles, multicultural. Sure. And then um, I'm at the farmer's market every week, so I kind of just dictate. Yeah. So it's hyper-local because it's like I just walked down the street and got right. some carrots. Yeah, and, right. and like let Mother Nature dictate you know, what we're going to put on the menu, and it really just celebrates the terroir of, of our earth, really. Incredibly know? well said. Um, and also you just had mentioned your, like, your background. Uh, you had, did you recently just did you do the D? Have you done the DNA test? I did. You did. I did. So like, have we. Yeah. What did you find out? Did Anything interesting a, um, that you didn't know? Well, so like I'm adopted on one side of my family, so I don't know a lot of that side of okay. my my story. And I was and I knew actually part of mine goes back to my Top Chef experience because mm-hmm. I knew yeah. I grew up thinking I was Swedish, part yes. Swedish. But then we did a Ellis Island episode of Top Chef, and yes. I found out that I was actually Norwegian. Interesting. So then I, I opened up this whole thing, and I did the DNA. Um, and unfortunately, the DNA only lists it as Scandinavian. So okay. I still have this question of <laughs> if it's really yeah. Norwegian or, or Swedish. Um, but I didn't find out anything like crazy for me. Yeah. Jasmine's West African. I'm a mixed bag. I got every continent. Yeah. yeah. I'm like everything. You are literally a rainbow of yeah. like diversity, which is amazing. It's pretty cool. It is really Super cool. cool. I, I enjoyed that. I mean, yeah. I, I thought that was just really... I, my dad is Central American, so that's obviously okay. where a lot of the other continents come in. My mom is like 99% British. Yeah. <laughs> so well, was, one so, day we're going to get into yeah. your, you know, your, 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 your dad my, being my the background. corrupt government official that's in Central another America. Podcast it's a whole well. other... It's a okay. crazy... Yeah. <laughs> that's our it's a, other, it's a more other traditional podcast, podcast yeah. sure. but I think <laughs> we should do that one. But yeah. that was... I mean, we yeah. had some surprises, certainly, yeah. uh, on yours. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, I think it's just so interesting. I mean, the whole idea of it, and especially how far back it's dating your DNA is just... Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. Totally. Yeah. yeah like, mine I, was basically like, you're British, dude. Yeah. You're, you're kind of mostly <laughs> you British. You had a little, like, Ashkenazi Jewish. I was a little bit Jewish, which actually I was, like, really, really pumped up about. Yeah. Because like yeah. I, I've always just it was just something different than British. So that was that's true. True. Yeah. It, was like, it was the most exciting. So uh, you, what made you just you just were like yeah I'm gonna do the, the yeah twenty three me or I not? wanted to know like okay. the the ratio you know yeah. because I always thought I was like mostly African American and it turns out I was like forty seven percent and then the rest of that percent like uh, was made up of Japanese which I didn't know wow yeah okay. um, that and makes sense with Korean yeah, yeah it yeah. makes sense yeah. obviously right. East Asia so yep. or Asia you know so. Um, yeah, Japanese, Korean, Cherokee, uh, Cherokee, Indian, and that's good. Uh, did you know that? Go, I you, knew. Okay. Yeah, I knew that from my dad's mom's side. She had, um, you know, uh, 
Native American blood. Right. Mm. Um, but I didn't have like a very close relationship with her because she, well, obviously she passed away like two months before I was born. Mm. Right. Um, but my dad, like, you know, her legacy really lives on through my dad. And like he, she was like the matriarch of the family and like mm. the cook and just gorgeous women, like, you know, totally huge braid and like just looked like this just beautiful like human being. And um, so, yeah, I mean, it was interesting to learn like really the like sort of, uh, Ratio. So did it make you want to do something? Like, I, I mean, well before I took the DNA test, but I want to go to Scandinavia so bad. I've never gone. It's like really, like, a, even as a chef with all the modern things happening now uh, in Scandinavia, uh, did it make you want to do something different? Like, did it make you want to research Japan more, go to Japan, yeah. like, right away? Yeah, or? Absolutely. Okay. Um, but yeah, that was uh, late last year that I did that. Um, and, you know, honestly, just travel in general. Like, I haven't actually had opportunities or, like, made opportunities for myself, like, to travel more and Korea is definitely one that I really really would love to nice. um, yeah. go to yeah because I have yeah. a lot of um, Koreans come to the restaurant and they're like yeah. super stoked to like see you know someone of that heritage like see I would just be playing that out table side every time yeah. I'd be like hey listen we can do this like I'll go <laughs> yeah like I'm a little expensive like I just get yeah. I just get it right out yeah. of the table like I have no shame yeah. I'm just like I'll go with you yeah and you have to pay me yeah. a lot of money probably but yeah. I'll definitely go with you we can have lunch we can do it we can take that. some selfies <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah I have no shame when it comes yeah. to that sort of stuff we're gonna go we're going to Japan uh, in the fall although our friends were just trying to talk us into Korea yeah, and That's our friends exciting. are Korean, so we might, but yeah. more just because, like, and, and we're, you know, we live in San Diego. Yeah. And, like, our, our kids are just, like, they're, they're just beachy country mice, basically. Oh, so, and, like, so we're going to so go, I'm a native mice, New Yorker, yes. and, like, I feel like we're going to go spend, like, a month in New York this summer, just because they're getting out of that age where it's like, hey, you got to see yeah. different yeah, things. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And, like, it's such an experience for, I mean, especially for chefs, yeah. but, like, for people. Absolutely, like, yes. And even like I just, did a, I just did a consulting project, which it was a consulting, uh, in the, you know some some central parts of like the United States, and like even that for me, like place I would never really go to. Yeah. And it's like it's just so important to like yes. just see how different people live Absolutely. and what different people eat, and Absolutely. You know, it's just where they. It is just it's it's it's, it's incredibly important. Yeah. Um, I agree more. So Japan will be fun though, like because I think I've never been. You have you have you? Been? I have okay. not made the trip. Yeah. So maybe we'll go together. Yeah, yeah. I think we should jump I think, in. I think, I think this is gotta... where you lobby for. Yeah, exactly. Um, have you done the <laughs> Have you done uh, the DNA uh, food thing yet? No. So I just did this for a television show for an episode of Rachel Ray, where it's another DNA. I think it's DNA fit, but don't quote me on that. Okay. And it's like you s- submit your DNA, and they basically tell you. What you should be eating, oh wow, based off of your DNA and what also doesn't work for your body, wow. right? It's it's amazing and also kind of scary because it sends you back things that are like, yes, you're celiac, yeah, yes, you mm-hmm. should you shouldn't like I shouldn't be drinking coffee, yes, is like what mine tells me. I love coffee, love, which is kind yeah. of a problem, sure. But it's like really interesting because like we're getting to this sort of like ultimate data, like big data moment, yeah, yeah, yeah. with Absolutely. DNA where. Like, it's not going to be far off, but someone walks into one of your restaurants and says, hey, I need to eat broccoli. Yeah. No, and it's like, so true. You know, I need salmon, yeah. broccoli, and please, no coffee. And it's like they have data. Yeah. Instead of right. just being like, you yeah, know, exactly. I have an onion allergy. No, you right. don't. It's such an important You're an thing. asshole. You don't have an onion allergy. Right. No, I'm just kidding. Right. No, it's true. Data, though, it's so, it's, it's such an interesting conversation around that and just in the world that we live in today. And that's something that I always talk about is I love being as a chef, being able to create food data for people. And that's something that you know, resides in the mind and in the spirit and people can reflect on at later points in their life. Like generally, you know, work accolades or dates are like surrounded by food, right? Or like Mm. celebrating around food or family events or like 
oh yeah that was amazing oh we had that amazing like strawberry rhubarb pie or whatever you know like food data is so powerful and i think that's mm. really the conduit that like makes humans human you know like in the world of tech and like all these intangible things like being able to like think something up and like rally a team behind it and put it on a plate is so cool you yeah. Know? yeah and then being and able it, to recall that totally well, so much of it is about but it's, it's, it's yeah. more about the people like I, I know this is a fact yeah. like right if you think about like your favorite meals your best meals most of the time it's because of the person you were with the experience you had and although the food might have been delicious a lot more of it has to do with just the the, the community aspect of it totally. or, or the social aspect of Absolutely. it so then are you uh, where are you on like unplugged like or do you unplug a certain hours of the day or are you just full blast like me like i'm full like i'm i'm even though i'm here with you yeah <laughs> in the body yeah. Yeah. i mean so like I, I am like you know there's a lot it. of things uh happening in my mind which is a problem like i realize it but where are you sort of you yeah. strike me as maybe someone who, who who has like is committed enough to be like i'm unplugged this hour to this hour i no. wish i could say that okay um no i i a lot of my being resides in the same mindset like i yeah. No. We're just ready to go cyborg. Yeah. We're just ready to just like do it. Exactly. Just put on the little glass and just go have some. <laughs> yeah. I'm ready to go cyborg. Yeah. I know you are. The next thing it's is so we're going to get little microchips and we're just going to put them right in our... You already gonna, have them. It's your phone. That's, that's, that's what I'm saying, <laughs> yeah. but we're just going to put the phone right in here. And it's just going to be not <laughs> even... It's, 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 we laugh now, but it's, it's Solar probably, powered, no, tra- yeah. no chargers, yeah, exactly. right? Um, don't do it. Don't, so, don't talk about the shoelace phone charger. Oh my god! I thought you were gonna just talk about it. Well, now I, I have to talk about the. F- okay, I'm also. Again, we we know each other, but not incredibly well. I'm from New York. Yes, I'm a New Yorker. I'm a mid '90s hip hop kid. Amazing. Okay, so like I'm supremed out. Yes. Like you know, like I'm yes. like I yes. feel like. Even though I'm not, I'm a total nerd, sure. and I don't like I. But I feel a lot cooler than I actually am. Right. So, so I and I love merch, and I have a sneaker problem. Yes. Right. I've like. I, I just got my first pair of Yeezys. I'm oh, like, really, nice. right? Like, I had to really convince Jack. Like, if I wasn't married, I'd have just one of these stupid closets yes. filled with sneakers. Yes. So the other day, I'm looking down at my Yeezys. That's just me, like, again. <laughs> I have only one pair. And I'm like, they're, they're, the, the laces are kind of shaped like phone cords. And I was like, yo, I'm going to make shoelaces that are actually phone cords. And I just dropped that idea live on this podcast. <laughs> copyright, and, copyright, right, copyright. But the crickets, I think, are reverberating have, outside of this shared, room. He has shared this idea. Jeff won't even look me people. in the eye right yeah. now. Like, okay, so like your your shoelace, right? So get it. Like once yeah. I can go in, and then yeah. you can just like you, tra- you travel a lot like me. Yeah. I plug my shoe basically into the wall. My phone goes into the shoe. Boom. I think I can do it. If you think it's a horrible idea, hit us up on Cyber I, just, I need Pod. you to no like one's... draw it for me. I still just I don't get you it. You see it though, right? You yeah, yeah, Nike, yeah. Nike. Yeah. You travel a lot. Every once in a while, you forget a phone charger. Every once in well, a while. Listen, yeah. when your phone charger right. is your yeah, shoelace, you're not going to forget your yeah. phone charger anywhere. Yeah. Or well, you're going to you f- forget your shoelaces. Or you're going to forget yeah. your shoelace. Exactly. Or you're going to get yeah. Um, anyway, so that's a silly idea. But thank you for making me reveal that. Yeah, no problem. Well, it could have been like one of those fake ads that we did for a while there. That's true, but no, that's a real life. This is a real life. It was so real life that I tried to share it with like a tech person recently, and it was like the conversation didn't go too too far. Um, But so no, you're you're connected though. So you're you're okay with uh, Instagram everything. What about your cooks? Are they allowed to take photos of of their dishes, or is there there a phones off? Yeah, no phones. Um, Look at you! Like you got you actually got mad at me for even saying that. I think right. (laughs) No, I thought about it, and I was like, uh, I pictured him on the phone. I was like, yeah, Yeah. no, Um, but. I mean, no phones, like, walking around the kitchen with it. Yeah, but right, yeah, right. if we're, like, plating a You're dish plating and we're a dish. tasting it. Yeah, 
take the process, document yeah. it, hundred percent. Outside, five p.m. between yeah. five p.m. and six p.m. You yeah. got to shoot it outside. That's yeah. where you get all the beautiful uh, photographs. Yeah, uh, Naisha, <laughs> near the end of the podcast, we we play a couple games. You want to play a couple games? I would love to. One game with us. Um, so this one's called "Would You Rather." Celebrity Chef Festival Edition. Okay. Because I noticed you're, are you heading to Austin or something? Or yeah. You have, okay, so you do festivals. Yeah. We all end up doing a lot of these festivals. Mm. They're fun. They're, yeah. Some are better than others. Yes. <laughs> and there are a lot of things that happen in these festivals that a lot of our audience don't know about. So uh, this is Would You Rather. <clears throat> Pretty easy. You got to make a choice. Would okay. You Rather. All right. Uh, dessert demo for 50 ad sales account reps or a course and a seated dinner for 500 so a uh, dessert yeah. demo for 50 ads. By the way, I just did a demo these for ad sales right. people. Like, these are just like from They're here. boring AF. <laughs> like this is not your most – I apologize to Comcast for saying that. I didn't even have you to reveal have that. You didn't have to really reveal um, that. Yeah, you didn't have to go there. <laughs> Maybe we'll take that out. Right. Yeah, no, no. We're, we're, it's kind of fun to drop that. But uh, so a dessert demo or a course in a seated dinner for 500 May I ask you a question? Oh, right. I oh, love this. I love that we have clarifying. really d- yeah. dynamic guests who are going to flip it back. Okay, go, here we go. Is the 500 plated a solo dinner or is it, is it a course? No, it's a course it's and a collab course. dinner. It's, yeah. it's a course and a yeah. collab dinner. Collab dinner. I'm going to even change it up. You got to do the dessert in that dinner. Oh, God. A dessert would be doable. Really? Yeah. You I could it. do a, f- a 500 plated dessert. Yeah. So that's what okay. you're picking. So you're, okay. I'm picking 500, picking 500 plated really? I love that production. So yeah. here's, um, so I'm going to do, uh, just because you didn't add, but I'll do the demo. Uh, mainly because especially if it's dessert I don't really want I know it's the right thing to do to stay around for the whole meal but I don't don't want to stick around I want to do I'm dropping a crudo and I'm out if possible I'm out and I'm clearing it with my manager beforehand and I'm apologizing to all the other chefs like I gotta go do this thing hey I gotta leave because I gotta do this demo for these ad sales I gotta go order chicken (laughs) amuse actually was that right I'm gonna do the amuse well super sidebar if you do you know you get these emails like you gotta do one of these courses yeah. in a five course meal are you quick to respond to grab the course you want or are you one of these people who are like I'll just take whatever's left no I love doing the fish course or the meat course it's, I like doing the meat courses right. generally because I was going to say because the fish course is probably the toughest one to yeah, execute and right? yeah. where you'd probably go like Blackheart or something. Exactly. Like, oh, I just, you know what? You know what's really good? I got a great recipe with this. You pop it in a speed rack with two thermos under it. Lights I'll out. let it go for three hours while it's transporting. Like, that's some really inside chef shit right there, by the way. For you kids who have not, like, black cod right. for the win. Man. Hard yeah. to overcook. Yeah. Man. Um, but yeah, I love cooking proteins. There, there you go. Uh, okay, here we go. Would you rather guest judge an episode? Uh, or compete on Chopped. Guest judge on Chopped, or are you going to compete on Chopped? I would love to guest judge on Chopped. Nice. (laughs) So this, I think, is because of your competitive nature, right? Yes. Is it just because, like... Why go through the – do you have anxiety when you compete? Uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. I'm competing next week on a show with my sister who's not a cook. Not and against like, her. Not against that, her. Yeah, like with, with her. her. Yeah, but yeah. like – and I, I don't really care and it's for charity and like it's a fun, loving show. You but are But like I'm also so going to be nervous. so revved up for it. <laughs> Absolutely. Because yeah. I'm so in a bad yeah. way ultra competitive yes, about it. Yes. And it's – I'm going to be miserable for 48 hours. Totally. Unless yeah. we win. On, on both sides, yeah. <laughs> Which uh, then I'm going to be okay. Um, so you're gonna you're gonna guess yet? Just because? Uh, yeah. Is it because of the mental anxiety or just? Well, no, I. Um... Hold on, you can win twenty thousand dollars. Let me throw <laughs> that in. Let me throw that in. You can uh, win twenty k. Um. No, I'm. I think I'd be good. 
guest judging. Hold on, hold on. <laughs> but wait, there's, wait, wait, there's more. more. Right, wait, wait, there's yeah, more. Yeah. It's a normal cast of Chopped competitors. Right. You're not going up against other superstar <laughs> chefs. You're going up against a sous chef from a restaurant you've never heard from in New York. A home chef. Uh, a home chef who yeah. just started her own cupcake factory. Uh, and someone who just has a fun haircut that doesn't even cook, but they were like, yeah, this person's dynamite. Bring this person in. <laughs> yeah, no. You're still going to judge? Still, okay, yeah, got it. Still. You're well played, well played. I hear you. All right, would you rather... Um, you're doing one of these uh, tasting tent events. Would you rather work your table, stay at the table the whole time, or work the floor of the tasting tent? Um, can I split <laughs> split that down? Yeah, okay, sure, sure. I, I think mean, it's you've a been little... great, so we'll let you sort of. In so the you, beginning, so you're gonna get the yeah, first couple out, yeah. All and right. it's just because you want the product to be right, or exactly you just want... get the routine, get the like gears going, yeah, and I... then you know because yeah. not a lot. It's, if it's a big venue, you don't know if everyone's like. Being able to come to every mm-hmm. ten, there's long line. Let me go to them. You know, I might take out a tray. Yes. Of, yes. Lately, <laughs> I would be more of the walk the floor sort of guy. But lately, what I've done is like, especially at a tasting tent, when it's like something where you know there are going to be people that don't know who you are. I like just I like put myself in some weird character. And lately, <laughs> I've been like, you know, like the table might say something like table eleven or whatever, and I'd be like, welcome to table eleven. <laughs> and like the last one I did with like swim goggles on. Oh, you did. Like, why not just like. Become yes. a different person yes. and be like, here's beef tartare, and like just pretend you're not. You, I just pretend it's like I'm not myself. Day. And then some people will be like, Richard Blaze? <laughs> Why are you in swim goggles? This is a long story, dude. Okay. Would you rather um, wine, wine bottle from the swag bag or uh, embroidered personalized <laughs> Jacket from the swag bag. Oh, a embroidered jacket for sure. Oh, nice. Uh, yes. What do you do with all of them now? I know. That's okay, what you have so to yeah. do. So we were just talking. We have like a business model. We could have a whole closet at this point. So real quick, embroidered jackets. This is true. I didn't actually think about. So real quick, what do you do for our fans when we when we go to these events? And you know, of course, we're celebrity chefs. Um, what do you do? You get a jacket. It says. You should start throwing Naisha, it into the crowd. Uh, Arrington and it says uh, Austin Food and Wine Festival or whatever it is and you have a now you have a closet filled with those jackets it's kind of like wasteful because yeah. first of all I also don't really even wear them at the festival I'm thinking you should throw it in the crowd what do you what do we do this is a good conversation because I didn't think about the latter part of that I yes. thought about the like documenting that moment in time right. Right. and then you have a closet full of chef yeah. jackets and aprons and all these things yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, maybe donation, huh? I think we need Something. to give one, we need to give a nice Arrington chef jacket away to a listener of Starving for Attention. <laughs> uh, wouldn't that be amazing? I would exactly. Love to do that. Uh, I think we should do that. That's a, that's one way because I do. I have. I like. It's fun. Every once in a while, I also like walking into my own restaurants with one of those festival jackets on, and they're like. <laughs> Dude, this is not the Hawaii Food and Wine Festival. <laughs> I was like, I know, but like, I had it in the car. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, all right, here we go. Uh, would you rather? This is for, of course, we travel hotels. Early check-in or late check-out at a hotel? Um, well, it depends. They're all different. Um, I would probably <laughs> say early check-in. Okay. Because I like to get on the ground and see what the situation is. That's such a professional. Mm. And I, mean, then, I mean, are you talking about food-wise or no? Yeah, food-wise, ground-wise, like what's the deal? Yeah. And then, um, yeah, and then I'm out. Nice. Mine's early check-in too. I like, but for the different reason, like I could care less about yeah. what's happening with yeah. my prep. Uh, <laughs> but I want to get out and run around the city. Yeah. I want to like see wherever I'm at, exactly. come back and like freshen up and then go do the event. Totally. I like that. Uh, and I think that one leads to the next one. Uh, after party or not? Nah? It depends. I try to go. I'm not always 
going through all of them, but yeah, I mean, most times, yes. So you're just showing up because you feel like yeah. you owe it to the festival yeah. organizers. You're going to get that one photo. Yeah. See? You're going to meet that super fan. Exactly. And then you're going to... You see? That? You see? See? Yeah. You should, uh, the, you know. Yeah, I know. I, you basically, Jasmine <laughs> yeah. told me I need to show up to some of these yeah. things. Sometimes, uh, you know. Got it. Sometimes right. you got to And go. this one, I think you kind of answered already. Prep on site or FedEx? Oh, I'm a big FedEx FedEx girl. Like, yeah. I love take like that, at least the proteins or something. Nice. Like that. And by the way, you can ship it anyway, which way you want. I yeah. don't want people to think that. Oh, fair enough. We have not sponsored. signed Jeff. We have not signed not FedEx yet. Not yet. yet. Yeah. Um, okay, yeah, I'm, I'm a big Fed, uh, ship it as well. Yeah. Um, except when it doesn't show up, which happens sometimes. Yeah. Uh, and then last one, sous chef or you chef? You're so rolling you with some it, help, you or is you doing it all Yeah, no, sous chef for sure. Yeah, 100%. Gotta do it. 100%. Yeah. No doubt. Yeah. Unbelievable. Last thing we do, Naisha, is uh, something we call 86. It's 86. So this is a anything in the world that you want to 86. It can be anything. Uh, it could be something in the food space, restaurant world, something in your personal life, uh, whatever it is. Um, what does Naisha Arrington want to 86? Um, I would like to... What do I want to 86? I think... Probably people being late. Uh, nice. Yeah. Because oh, I like that. Glad we were on time today. <laughs> yeah. No. I know. I was like, was we I did show up today? on time. By the way, Jeff, we did show <laughs> yeah. up on time. We said we, we were going to be late. Somehow we, we thought we were going to be 20 minutes late. Nice. Traffic and yeah. then, nope. People being late. Yeah. Because, so, like, I mean, the lost appreciation of punctuality. Yeah. yeah. And I, it's for selfish reasons, just because, you know, I like for people to be there when I'm there because I most likely have to be somewhere else very quickly. So, when people are yeah. late, it messes up my entire schedule. So, um, I do not appreciate that. Yeah. There you go. That's a good one. And also yeah. a first time ever on Starving for Attention that someone has said punctuality or being late. Yeah. Uh, Chef, thank you so much My for pleasure. hanging out with us. You were amazing. Let's, hey, do you want to come back and do it again? I would love nothing That'd be great. More. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll have to chop it up. We have to come hang out at Native. We can talk sneakers um, next time because I'm big sneakers. Uh, are you serious? I should have. Yeah, I was going to wear Gosh, my Air Force You guys Force are like separated today, at birth. Uh, I'm wearing uh, Reeboks that you bought me from Marshalls. So <laughs> they were like super discount. It's really, really <laughs> like a horrible moment for me to say Aww. that like I'm a big sneakerhead. No, you got them yeah, for me. They mean, they mean a lot. And they were I like gray. I like gray. And they were like nine bucks. I love gray. Yeah, I love gray. No problem. So we're going to sneaker. We're going to do some sneakerhead stuff later. Where can people find you? Um, well, social media, Instagram is my uh, first and middle name, N-Y-E-S-H-A-J-O-I-C-E. Um, Facebook, all that stuff. Um, the Instagram for the restaurant is Eat Native, E-A-T-N-A-T-I-V. And, um, yeah, out and about. I'm at Austin Food & Wine this week coming up. Um, then I'll be in New it's York. Fun. Yeah, in May for Tasting Table and uh, Hawaii nice. Food & Wine. So cool. Nice. Lots there you go. Stuff Traveling coming all out. over the place. Yeah. Uh, Got to go to Native. We have to head down there and uh, eat some delicious food. Thanks so much for hanging out Pleasure. with us, Chef. Uh, listen, everyone, do us a favor. Go on over to Apple uh, iTunes and hit uh, subscribe. And then also hit review and write us a great review. Five-star review. Five stars. That's some like uh, Naisha, uh, stuff like <laughs> Robuchon level right there. It's the only thing I've done that's five stars. So uh, keep it going for us. Write a little review. Uh, and you can find us on social media at Starving4Pod, the number four pod. Thank you so much for listening. And until next week, stay hungry. Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. And thank you to our wonderful sponsors who make this possible. Travel Portland. You got to get us up there, Travel Portland. Visit TravelPortland.com to start planning your trip. You can in Portland. San Pellegrino. To find S. Pellegrino in your area, visit SanPellegrino.com. And True Car. Visit True Car for a better car buying experience. Thanks so much, everyone. Stay hungry. And until next week, we'll see you soon.
Thanks for listening to Starving for Attention with Richard Blaze. Download new episodes every Tuesday on the Podcast One app, Apple Podcasts, or PodcastOne.com. Here are some useful car tips you might not be aware of. A coffee filter and a little bit of olive oil can clean your interior. Removing excess weight from your car will improve gas mileage, and you can place your key fob to your chin to increase its range. Weird, right? Well, here's another tip you also might know about. TrueCar also helps people get used cars. That's right. TrueCar isn't just for buying new cars. With their certified dealer network and nationwide inventory of nearly 1 million used cars, you'll enjoy real pricing on actual inventory and a simpler buying experience, whether you buy new or used. And with TrueCar, users can see what others paid so they know if they're getting a good deal before buying they're also more likely to enjoy a faster buying experience by connecting with true car certified dealers when you're ready to buy a new or used car check out true car and enjoy a more confident car buying experience some of these features are not available in all states